Merry Christmas 2022. Well, it's after Christmas Day and actually even after Christmas Tide before you're able to listen to this podcast. The office was closed for a few days after Christmas and I was on vacation. And then I did not get around to uh, this piece of our podcast process until several days into the new year. I apologize for that. The script, the, the, the sermon on December 25th, Emmanuel Homo Pro Alice. So Emmanuel was also in our Christmas Eve homily title. And here it is again. And that's on purpose. This is part two, in a way, of the Christmas Eve homily. The gospel reading is not in the scriptures uh, for Christmas Day, but I still plugged into it. And that is Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. That's the gospel passage of Joseph's dream. But it was not read during the Christmas Day service. This is going to be a little bit different. I hope you enjoy this message. And here we go with Emmanuel Homo Pro Alice from the Red-Headed Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie. As we begin the service of Sunday, December 25th, with a reading from the first chapter of John, our next two scriptures will proceed accordingly, without our traditional prayer for illumination. Let us attune our ears and our minds to these lectionary readings, now and after a sung response, the last. The first is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 7 through 10. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This ends the reading of the reading from Isaiah. Our third reading and final reading is from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. The writer speaks of the origins of Jesus and his greatness over the angels, the created world, his lordship, and how his time will never end. Hebrews 1, 1 through 12. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you? 
Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants flames of fire. But of the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the, and the righteous scepter is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And, in the beginning, Lord, you founded the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like clothing. Like a cloak, you will roll them up, and like clothing, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your ears will never end. Here ends the reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Merry Christmas to all of you. Feliz Navidad. Joyeux Noel. And I don't have the Filipino way, of the Tagalog way of pronouncing uh, Merry Christmas, but Merry Christmas in Tagalog. Before going any further, let me address the homily title. The second part of the homily title is Latin. Homo is Latin for man, as in when Pilate brought Jesus out to the crowd and the Vulgate, the Latin version of the scriptures, has Pontius Pilate saying, Ecce Homo. Behold the man. When we read the title, Emmanuel Homo, we're reading, God is with us, the man, or man. The rest comes to us in the message soon enough. One of the reasons we love Jesus and celebrate his birth is because this is, at last, God with us. It's one thing, as I preached last night, to believe that God is everywhere with us. Psalm 139 asks the Lord, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. I also lifted up a great verse in Exodus 3 last night when the Lord said to Moses that he had heard the cries of the enslaved Hebrews and said, Indeed, I know their sufferings. The word for know there is the same Hebrew word for know that we find in Genesis where it says Adam knew Eve his wife so before Jesus God did have an intimate knowledge of the horror of God's people and of the experiences of God's people and then I said that Emmanuel God with us in the birth of Jesus is more than that but that God came to us through Jesus as a fellow human being to ultimately go to the cross and be raised in order to bring us back to God. His supreme demonstration of agape love. That's one major reason we rejoice. Emmanuel, God is with us and look how far God went for us. God is with us, all of us, everywhere, whether we believe in God or not. The presence of a loving God truly does offer peace and hope and love and joy, which is beyond, which are beyond the corrupting touch 
of this fallen world. What else do you think is a, a reason we love Jesus and celebrate his birth? I think we love him and follow him, well, for, for many reasons. But I think of him touching lepers to heal them. When to touch a leper in his day was to become ceremonially unclean, and so most Jewish people would not even consider it. In fact, they had their own leper colonies where you wouldn't go if you were healthy. The ailing woman or man, that didn't, see, that didn't stop Jesus from, from touching a leper to heal them. The ailing woman or man, the patient who's who mattered. I think we love him also for forgiving sinners, including the woman allegedly caught in adultery in John 8, his own occasionally obtuse disciples, Zacchaeus, and then on to Calvary. I think we celebrate him because he told you and me and all who bear the name Christian to love one another, to love our neighbor, our enemies, and of course God. He points us to that higher way, as in the teachings of nonviolence, parables against selfishness, greed, and materialism, and decrying a lack of perception when God is doing a new thing. He embraced doing justice for the oppressed, bringing good news to the poor, healing and feeding those in need looking ahead to the year of the Lord's favor or the year of Jubilee when slaves were set free and debts were wiped away and land would revert back to its original owners, all while pointing to God, not to him. And then there is Matthew 25. If you do it to the least of these, those on the margins, you're doing it to me. That's where you'll find me. That's where I am. Emmanuel. God is with us. And what we see in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, starting with the humble birth in Jerusalem, is that God is not only with us, priceless as that is, and I spent last night you know, expounding on that. In Jesus, we learn that God is also for us. He is not only the God for us, he is the God for others. That's what pro-alice means the God for others. Jesus was the man for others, to paraphrase Dietrich Bonhoeffer, including for us, but not stopping with us. God so loved the world, we remember. So Christmas affirms that the God of Jesus Christ is the God for us and the God for others. And pretty quickly, the stories themselves about the nativity proclaim the start of the breadth of God's love. Who were the first visitors outside of any angels or midwives we're not told about? The shepherds. Physically dirty, smelly, ceremonially unclean, and painted broadly with the brush of bad reputations as thieves and liars to the extent that they, along with women, were not considered qualified to be witnesses in court. For sure, they, like as I mentioned, they'd be ceremonially unclean and all of these other things that you wanted to stay away from the shepherd's man. Yet it was to them the angel and the heavenly host were sent to announce Jesus' birth first.
Matthew later tells us of the Magi coming to pay homage or worship to the new king of the Jews. Now they were of another religion, we presume. We can, another land, not part of the chosen people. But in God's providence, they saw the star, figured out its meaning, and made the desert trek where they were welcomed by the Holy Family. Gentiles welcomed at the birth and first couple of years of the Messiah's life. What child is this indeed? One who is not just for the ceremonially observant Jews, not just for the uh, observant religious Jews who may not have always been ceremonially observant, but for those on the outside, one way or another. Scripture shows us early on that Jesus is the man for others, and this we rejoice as well. Now we heard Beth read from Hebrews. Speaking of Jesus, he is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of God. God's glory. The exact imprint of God's very being is not only God with us, Emmanuel, but God for us and God for others. If you prefer, Jesus is the man for others. Homo pro alis. Now, was God interested in being glorified? Yes, God does not want God's name to be misused, dragged into the mud, or dishonored. Hallowed be thy name. Jesus was about living a life that praised God, and he did that as we do that by being for others. Emmanuel, homo pro alis, God with us, God in Jesus, the man for others. Jesus with us. With us. For us. And for others. Thus is God glorified. Bonhoeffer's words were directed at the church, really, as Jesus was the man for others. We, his church, his body, on, uh, the body of Christ on earth, are to be the church for others. You and I celebrate the birth of Jesus, the man for others, inspiring the church for others, whenever we serve at the community kitchen of a just harvest, when we sing in the choir or as a soloist when we donate to the mini-pantry, when we teach Sunday school, or bring our kids to it, when we, denote, when we donate to the mission-oriented church, or say yes to the nominating committee, or engage in service to others of whatever kind. We celebrate the birth of Jesus when we do what we can to whittle away at injustice, including pushing back restrictions on polling places, examine the spending priorities of our state and nation, and legislatures, support those laboring to improve the health of the earth, figure out a sane immigration policy and programs and more. This reminds me of the well-known quote of Howard Thurman, which many of you know or have read, perhaps even as a Facebook post. Because we celebrate the birth of Jesus, God with us, always, for everyone, Thurman wrote, When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas 
begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers, to make music in the heart. Emmanuel, God is with us, deeply with us. And not only in Jesus is God with us always, no matter what we're going through. Jesus is also the man for us and the man for others, as God is the God for us and the God for others. Now, following Jesus, serving Jesus, we are Christ's people for others. That's also why you and I love Christmas. I think we know to, to be part of this higher purpose and higher calling that, that happens when we embrace Jesus, who was born, God is with us and for us and for others. We want to be part of that. That's one reason I think that we love Christmas. In stunning grace, a life is given for us. And to us. And our lives are given to Christ. The one for others. Holy Christmas, church. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.